Now, turning to our really exciting first segment, um, at the New School in Lower Manhattan, uh, more than uh, 1,900-1,900 part-time faculty have been on strike since November 16th, just two days after their contract expired, and they overwhelmingly voted to strike, I believe, 97%. That walkout came after months of bargaining between the university and uh, the union, which is ACT UAW 7902, so a local of UAW, UAW, the United Auto Workers. And on Thursday, Local 7902 announced that its members had voted 1,821 to 88, or 95%, to reject the administration's quote-unquote last best and final contract offer. Despite 18% inflation since 2018, when the last contract was signed, the proposed five-year deal, that last best and final offer, would have limited raises to just 1.8% per year, clearly not covering inflation, um, and had other issues with health care and more that we'll soon hear about. Strikers and supporters have been picketing outside of the university weekdays from at least 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's been ruckus, and there's been a lot of people attending. And and we heard from some people on the picket line uh, on Tuesday, and uh, that was a week ago. And we're going to go to that clip now. It's going to be two uh, faculty members and a student. Inflation already, like the raise that they have proposed, yeah. is already not tracking inflation, so it's kind of like a net pay cut. Okay. Um, so the contract period is five years, and then kind of including uh, back to 2018, it would be a nine-year stretch for that 7% raise to right. cover. Right. And there's been like 18% inflation just since 2018. Um, there's that, and then the whole thing with the health care. I'm personally not on the health care plan, but I feel like it, it's super harmful for people who are on the health care plan um, because their premiums are going to go up. to an uber gig economy university uh, well said by gretel daughtry a third year student in interdisciplinary science and then 
uh, the first speaker you heard from was Elizabeth Castaldo, a part-time faculty member, and then Rachel Ate, uh, another part-time faculty member who's actually been um, at this school for 20 years. So now negotiations are being aided by a mediator and progress towards a more equitable settlement settlement appears to be occurring. Actually, this morning, the union tweeted, quote, our bargaining team worked until 4 a.m. and reconvened at 8 a.m. this morning to finish our latest proposal to management. Management has heard our proposal and will get back to us. We have mediation scheduled for tomorrow as well. Meanwhile, the strike and picketing continue, end quote. So more negotiations are scheduled for tomorrow. We are joined now by new school student organizers with the Student Faculty Solidarity Group, which is a group on campus that advocates on behalf of part-time faculty. So we are joined by Cooper Sterling, a sophomore in the BAFA program studying integrated design and creative nonfiction, and Bella Coles, a senior in the Global Studies Department. Cooper and Bella, welcome to the Indie News Hour on WBAI. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're excited to be uh, joined. And just for our listeners, so like, why aren't why aren't they speaking uh, to to some of the faculty that's on strike? I believe they're all very busy right now in negotiations. So after a long night of work last night, the union's bargaining team sent its latest proposal to the university. Update us on what happened last night into this morning and how the union was able to get to this point um, of a little bit more flexible negotiation. Sure. Yeah, so that's correct. The part-time faculty bargaining committee was in mediation until 3 a.m. and then worked in caucus until 4 a.m. They then reconvened at 8 and presented their latest proposals at 10.30 this morning. The university is now considering them. Since they are just proposals and not formal proposals, a lot is still in play and can change quickly, so the bargaining committee is not able to share the specifics yet. But beyond the details of the what, the why we are here in the situation now is because of the power of the strike continuing after the university gave their last, best, and final offer around Thanksgiving. The part-time faculty, as you said, overwhelmingly rejected the university's proposal with a 95% no vote. By returning to negotiations with the university with the help of a mediator, the university has been making movement again, which demonstrates that final offers are not final until they are ratified. Part-time faculty, as you have said, have not received a raise since 2018, and inflation has been nearly 18% between now and then. The university's last best and final offer offered an 18% raise over its five-year terms, but spread out over nine years. Part-time faculty would only be getting less than 2% increases per year. Who knows what inflation will be during the next five years, so part-time faculty pay would still be decreasing in real-time inflation-adjusted terms. In the latest rounds of mediation, the university has opened up to the possibility of paying part-time faculty for out-of-classroom work. Currently, part-time faculty are paid based on an hourly contact rate, but it doesn't cover all the work they do with the syllabus and lecture prep, grading, office hours, etc. CUNY and NYU adjuncts recently won the right to be compensated for out-of-class hours, and this is a very important paradigm shift that would respect the part-time faculty. There are still non-economic demands that the university isn't being responsive to. For example, part-time faculty want the right to use the union grievance process in cases of harassment and discrimination. This is a right that other unionized workers at the university already have, and it would not cost the university anything. So that's generally where we are and sort of how we've gotten to this point. Right. We... uh 
followed very closely uh, this time last year, uh, strike by 3,000 uh, graduate students at uh, Columbia University. And I recall the thing the university dug in on uh, the hardest and longest was on uh, keeping uh, harassment uh, provisions uh, out of the contract. Uh, graduate students are often uh, very vulnerable to harassment from uh, tenured faculty and, and uh, you know, definitely, at, at least at Columbia, the, the, the patriarchy was uh, digging in hard to, but they ultimately had to concede on that. Um, so I, I wonder if we're seeing something similar here at the new school. Uh, um, but I, I also just wanted to ask you, uh, you know, the new school, uh, you know, was founded in 1919. Uh, I believe some of the founding faculty or uh, leaders uh, uh, were uh, dissidents uh, who had opposed uh, World War One. Uh, were fired uh, by Columbia for doing so uh, in the 1930s. It was a, a magnet for uh, uh, academics fleeing uh, from Nazi Germany. And so it's a university with a very proud uh, progressive uh, history. Uh, can you uh, share your thoughts on, on the way both the university has sort of uh, corporatized more in recent decades, uh, Cooper and Bella, and also how educational has this strike been uh, for students like yourself, uh, you're not in class, but it sounds like uh, you are learning a lot uh, regardless. Yeah, I mean, I really want to echo that last point about um, learning and what that looks like, because a lot of people both on the administration and outside have kind of expressed remorse for students losing their learning or their education. And I feel like I'm learning exactly what we spend all day talking about in class um, when I'm on the picket, when I'm talking to faculty um, about the union. I think, I think that the school's legacy is a reason a lot of people chose to attend this school. I know it was for me. And so the school itself, the way I think about it, like the professors, the part-time faculty are the ones who uphold that legacy. A lot of them, um, are, you know, they, there's, they, I've learned so much from them about, um, organizing within the campus and outside and the administration functions as many other educational administrations do, where they are completely concerned with profit, with real estate, and with um, crazy high tuition costs. And then the resources for the students is very little. And at the end of the day, the part-time faculty are the only part of the administration or the school that upholds that legacy. And so to see them be treated like this and to see the university weaponize this kind of social justice rhetoric against them is really, really gross. Yeah, we've seen a lot of weaponizing of social justice rhetoric, um, sort of like as a backlash to the BLM movements from 2014 to, to George Floyd. It's pretty nasty. But, um, so let's go back to the picket line though. Talk about the picket line, what it's been like, sort of explain what a picket line is to our listeners who might not know and sort of, uh, tell me about the worker worker solidarity that is built on the picket line along with the worker student solidarity. Yeah, I mean, so the picket line, um, it's been really, it's been really big. It's, it's been a lot. I've been surprised because a lot of students have really come out every day. And so I know that I've at least made a lot of friends. That's how me and Cooper met. Um, and, and the faculty are there. It's, it's the only time in my four years in which I feel like all of the small schools, um, Parsons, Eugene Lang, the New School for Social Research, all of the small colleges are coming together, um, and meeting each other. And so it's hard, like it's, I, the first few days, I felt like I had done like a core exercise because, you know, you're walking all day and it's cold and we've been out there in the rain, but 
it's I think it's like a it's a practice of community building. Um, it is also fun. Like when we try to get students to come, it's it's fun. It's it's um, there's a lot of energy there. Um, and there's a lot of truck drivers who support us. There's a lot of art. We've had some like Muppet, uh, like big bird kind of signs that have been made. It's an art school. So there's, there's been a lot of like space to showcase that and, you know, work through this together and navigate it together. So I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel removed from school right now at all. I feel really, really in touch with school and the community that I went there to find. Yes, and if I can just add, yeah, so the picket line has primarily been taking place in front of the University Center at 63 Fifth Avenue, and essentially what this is, this is part-time faculty, students, and anyone else who supports this strike walking in front of the university, either wrapping around the university or just walking sort of in front of the entrance. It's a very spread out campus, so we'll sometimes take picket lines to other buildings, but if I could just speak to the worker-student solidarity, um, this has been an incredib- incredibly meaningful way for students to connect with their faculty and to feel that they have an active role in creating change on campus. Like Bella alluded to, there it's a it's a commuter campus. We're not in a centralized um, location on campus, so this has been the most defining important community building opportunity and just event and cause that has taken place at this university. Students are banding together now more than ever. And to see that with their faculty towards a joint achievement of a much more fair, better, equitable contract has been incredible to see. And it's just gotten more and more strong as the university has dug in more and more. Yeah. Right. Right. Can you tell us a, more about the organization you all are both in, the Student Faculty Solidarity, and why it formed back in January? Yes, so it formed back in January. We were already, I mean, so the me, the reason that this organization was put together was for this exact reason. We have been campaigning and supporting part-time faculty, knowing that their contract was going to end, and in light of everything that we've explained so the, we've been building student support for almost a year now, and um, this has been our number one initiative this entire time. Gearing up for this, we the, the strike wasn't what we were planning for. This was a last resort on behalf of part-time faculty. The administration was not budging. They were being aggressive, and so this is exactly what we needed to do. But student faculty solidarity was put together for the sole purpose of supporting part-time faculty and rallying student support towards a more fair, equitable contract. And and talk to us about how students are being affected by being taught by overpaid Oh, underpaid, sorry, underpaid, overworked faculty. I mean, how does that feel? Can you feel the tension in the classrooms? And then how does it feel to, at the same time, be paying, you know, a incredibly high bill for a top tier private education, yet this is all going on? You can both answer that. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that there's definitely, I noticed a difference between um, both full-time and part-time. A lot of the newer professors that I've had that are part-time are usually fresh out of grad school. And, you know, you can, you feel it in the submission comments you receive. Not that it's like a quality, but you can tell that these people are tired um, in the way that they talk about healthcare. I've had pregnant professors, you know, talk about the experience that they've had navigating family leave, navigating having a baby and teaching, um, And so I don't think, I think 
while it affects uh, students, I will say that the part-time faculty at the new school are so strong and they are so amazing. And they, I'm, I don't know how they do it given their circumstances because they really hold it down. Um, but, but currently, right. I think, I think that it really speaks to the fact that the administration doesn't pay them also shows that they do not care that much about our educational quality um, because they know that we would have a better quote unquote educational quality if our professors were paid, if they had health care, if they didn't have to worry about navigating um, basic living costs in the city. Um, so I'm, 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 I think a lot of students are kind of waking up to that if they hadn't already. Yeah. And w- one thing um, I want to add to that is, this is something we encountered a lot, especially in the first months of organizing, is we had to sort of educate students or at least shine light on the part-time faculty conditions because often they the students would complain about teachers being underprepared or they'd say, you know, they, they weren't getting what they needed from their teacher uh, outside pay, outside work. So a lot of that anger and frustration, which is, you know, it, it's completely justifiable, was directed onto part-time faculty and instead what our group was trying to do was say hey look these are great teachers these are like incredibly intelligent um teachers and we have a lot to learn from them but the way the administration has set up their institution by having 87 percent of their staff be part-time faculty and using this sort of uberization of teaching that we've seen very, very blatantly. Um, that's what we needed to kind of shine light on. So students have been feeling the underpay, but, and the, the, the lack of benefits and all that stuff, but we had to sort of channel that anger towards the administration and away from part-time faculty. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, now, have you heard from uh, any students that are uh, complaining about uh, being inconvenienced and, uh, and also What's going on with the parents uh, who, uh, in many cases, are uh, footing the bill and probably wondering why the uh, the school is not functioning and, and what the administration is up to? Yeah, um, I can speak to the student side of things. I've, I've had a few students express um, confusion because they are not receiving emails or communication from their faculty because the faculty is on strike. Um, and I think specifically for students who were at the school during the COVID-19 pandemics kind of shut down and navigating that, this feels sometimes like a reiteration. And so I've been trying and others have been really just, as Cooper said previously, trying to stress that it's not like the professors want to be on strike, right? They all care about like the students. I know they do, but it's this is, you know, it's a catalyst. It's after months of, it's, I think that like really students want to learn. And I think that the administration is very good with their language in directing the anger towards part-time faculty. Um, and, and so the students who feel like they are being like deprived of an education, et cetera, I've been trying to just get them to come to the picket line, because I think when you come to the picket line, you see that this is about community. It's not about separating people but the administration is working really hard to make it seem like that. And as for the the parents, um, I spoke to my own father well into strike work, well into being on the picket line and say, hey, like, you know, any thoughts? And he's like, what are you talking about? What strike? What is going on? The administration, conveniently for their own advantage, did not communicate to the parents because they knew that that would awaken a whole nother beast. So we were able to inform the parents about what was going on from our perspective, because all the administration has given is platitudes and just really misdirected um, 
sort of questions and explanation of the strike. So we really had to work to inform the parents. We've held town halls. We've informed them constantly about what's going on. And they're pissed. They're yeah. considering tuition withholding, tuition refunds. They're they're trying to figure out what they can do, not only for the benefit of their students, but also for their own dollar. A lot of our students here are on scholarship or they need or need financial aid. So this is a big, big problem for many students and for the parents. So the, as one of the parents told it to me, like we awoke the parent bear, essentially. Right. And you would think that this would I mean, a parent would be angry with the institution for not just paying its teachers well enough. Right. Not with the anyone with, you know, who could really look at the situation would be angry at the institution, not the striking workers who haven't had a raise in, you know, since 2018. So anyway, um, uh, I just wanted to sort of like bring this into the greater context of uh, this upsurge in labor organizing and labor movement that we've seen really sort of since 2018, but especially since 2020. Uh, here in the U.S. and around the world. So how do you all see yourselves as a part of that? And do you think the sort of, of excitement of students to be to, to j- join the picket line and join the striking faculty is because of the popularization of unions and, and labor? And sort of um, what's your hope in this current context of, of labor? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think you're right. I think the like recent wave of strikes and, and, you know, the railroad strike, Chris Smalls and the Amazon labor union. I think these are all, I think people are considering unions again um, as something that can be really beneficial for them. And I've noticed specifically in the new school context kind of branching out is a lot of students here want to teach, not at the new school necessarily, but they want to go on and be teachers. And so they see the teacher struggle kind of branching out um, into their own livelihood and thinking about them post-grad in the workplace. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's been really like impactful and uplifting and hopeful to see this. I think that um, it's one of those moments where I really feel like there's a collective kind of um, awakening to what we can imagine as work, what we can imagine as, um, as pay and, and as, as life. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, I mean, as you heard from the one student in the beginning, they were excited and motivated and inspired by the union representation at the picket line from CUNY, from NYU. We've got Star- Starbucks organizers there, Amazon organizers, Chris Smalls was there. So we, we've seen this real solidarity between the various strikes going on and just the various unions. And I think that's been very uplifting for students. And seeing that and seeing them at the picket line and having them give speeches to us, they're starting to understand the gravity of our situation and where we stand in New York, the rest of the country, the rest of the globe. And I think students are starting to awake to the fact that we can really change the precedents for how adjunct faculty are being treated in New York and abroad and in this country. And I think they're really feeling their place in history and how important this moment is right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Cooper and Bella, New School students with the Student Faculty Solidarity Group, thank you for joining us. And uh, just so our listeners know, if you want to follow updates on the strike, uh, you can go to Twitter at UAW7902. That's Twitter at UAW7902. I'm sorry, I don't have non-Twitter options right now, but I'm sure you can do a quick Google search. Um, and then also, if for students who might be listening, Cooper and Bella, is there any way to get involved with the Student Faculty Solidarity Group? Yes, if you go on Instagram and type in Student Faculty Solidarity, you will find our page, and that's where we have everything posted. Yes, please do. Instagram, Student Faculty Solidarity. 
Cooper Sterling and Bella Coles. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope to talk to you again soon and uh, solidarity for you and all the adjuncts. We're going to take a short music break here and we'll be right back. Thank you. 